Welcome back to the Perfectly Honest Podcast, where we talk about families, relationships, and our testimonies of Jesus Christ. I'm Kiana, and I have a special guest with me today. Hello, I'm Michael. (laughs) Ta-da! Now, you may be wondering what Michael is doing on the podcast. Because I said last week, I said I would not be here because I'm supposed to be in the woods. I'm supposed to be having already hiked about 60 miles at this point. And I was supposed to be doing this solo. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk. We're It's story time today. Story time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, as you can see in the episode, it, sometimes things don't go according to the way that you expect them to go. Yes. So, um, so tune in. Listen. <laughs> so, Michael. Listen up. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, what happened, Michael? What happened out in the big bad woods? <laughs> That brought you home to me early. Yeah. Okay. So I want to just preface this story by saying that I am an experienced backpacker. Okay. I've done the John Muir Trail twice, uh, which is 230 miles. So each time I did that two-week span, it took, uh, well, so that's basically 460 miles. I I mean, I've done more than that. Yeah. I've done other 50 milers, 60 milers, things like that. So usually I've been great. I've been flying up the mountain, going down, all this stuff. Thrives on it. Feels so strong. Right. But last week, um, I go to the doctor. They're like, you've got sciatica. Um, I go get x-rays. They give me my first chronic diagnosis, which I just think is funny because I'm like, yeah, I know. It's been eight years. I mean, I like, <laughs> when do you say something's chronic and when something's not, right? Um, but... You know, so it's like no new news. And, and uh, I had already had back pain before. I just go on the mm-hmm. trail. And my back feels great. Funny enough, my back feels great right now, but I'll get into the, the story more. But I just wanted to preface that by saying, like, um, anything can happen yes. when you're out there. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, let, yeah, let's get into the story. And, um, you know, Kiana, you're going to need to chime in, too, because oh, I don't want I will. this just to be like, this was all supposed to be Kiana's week. And now you're like, ah, oh, I've just got to listen to Michael. No, I love sharing episodes with yeah. you. <laughs> so so um, ask your questions to me as we go. OK. Um, but basically, I'm just going to give the whole story in a nutshell and then we can kind of unpack it and talk about it. So we go into this place called Bishop uh, is this little town uh, east side, kind of like middle to south east in California. Mm hmm. Um, like a, a little bit north of where Death Valley starts. Um, I would say probably like two hours north, something like that. Um, so we, we go up, uh, hike up Bishop's Pass. It's, it's beautiful. We hike up just before the pass. Um, the pass is at 12,000 feet. I think we, we started the hike at around, um, like 9,000 feet. So oh, wow. it, was, it was pretty close. Uh-huh. It's like 3,000, but you have to, it takes, uh, I think it's six miles to the top or something. So oh my you have, goodness. 3,000 uh, it was like two to 3,000 feet elevation in six miles so it is Whoa. it's pretty significant but we did four miles first uh-huh. just get in there we got to this beautiful lake stayed there the next day we go over the pass get to 12,000 feet and then we hike down and we we uh it's pretty gentle getting off the pass going into doozy basin and then you, <laughs> I love that name yeah doozy basin it's beautiful though it was it, it's so gorgeous but then you drop out of doozy basin um, down onto where the John Muir Trail is in Kings Canyon. It's it's basically, so you go from 12,000 feet all the way down to 7,000. So that's very significant yeah, drop. Yeah, it is. And and the last part of it is the most significant drop. It's like, um, you know, you, 
I think you go from 11 or like 10,500 or 11. So you go from 12 to 11 and then you do 11 to seven in like two miles. Oh, that's so steep. So you do a huge drop. Oh my gosh. And then I got to the bottom and I'm like at the bottom of this valley. I'm like, oh man, I'm hurting. Like my mm-hmm. legs are really hurting, you know, cause sciatica means that you've got pain that's shooting down one leg mm-hmm. because you know, you've got a bulging disc or something like that. That's probably what's going on. Cause I've got scoliosis. So, um, you know, and then we get down there, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of hurting. They're like, well, we want to get close to the next pass. Right. Because yeah. we, we need to meet somebody like later on. Yes. There is so much planning that goes into these trips. So like staying on top of your mileage is so important. Yeah. Cause you can't just say like, uh, like we'll just take it easy today, add an extra day. I mean, you can add an extra day to your trip, but we, you can't if you're going to meet someone at a trail junction who's expecting you to be there on the 30th. And they also are carrying your All food. your food. Yeah, cause, and you're going to run out of food if you don't meet up with. Right, right. Which actually, funny enough, we probably had way too much food and that's why I had some pain. Because his pack was too... Your yeah, because I, I didn't... I it's I beat myself about this because I, like, I planned so much for the food and then I packed too heavy somehow and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, man... Uh, but anyway, that all that aside, so we we hike for another five miles after we get down into this valley. Okay. And we camp, and uh, at that camp, I'm like, guys, I I'm in a lot of pain. Like yeah. I've got pain in my upper back, I've got pain in both my legs. Like I was limping around the campsite. Oh. And uh, so they're like, okay, we've got 35 miles till we meet uh, our the cash, the guy who's going to come in with all our food. Yeah. So that's not even 35 miles to the end of the trip. It's like, yeah, just the next marker. Yeah. It's, it's seriously. Yeah. Just the next marker. And I'm just sitting there with my dad and he's like, well, we could just go back. And I'm like, Oh man, back up, you know, Bishop oh pass. And he's gosh. like, well, you could either go back up that pass or you can go over three passes to get yeah. to this next guy. And I was like, oh my gosh. So we, we were trying to plan and I was really wanting to stay on the trail because we were talking about the next part and it was like, oh, it's going to be so beautiful. Now I had done this part before. Yes. Um, that's why I was going with these guys too is because I'd done parts of the John, I've done the whole John Muir trail. So we were, they were doing the highlight tour basically. <laughs> um, and they really have done a lot more, but um, we decided, okay, we're going to go back up. The group says, Hey, we'll go back up too. And we'll just meet with the guy who's going to do the cash mm-hmm. so we can help you guys get out. We can do less miles. We can, you know, sit at the lakes and swim. And th- so they yeah. were excited. So it was like, okay, that's cool. Um, so I know this is going on really long, but, uh, we start, we, we hike the five miles out in the morning. I'm feeling a lot better. I'm hiking. We hit the switchbacks immediately. I'm in a lot of pain like oh a gosh. ton and I have to go two miles up you know that super that 4,000 feet st- elevation yeah, super steep basically so it's I mean it's it's a huge like elevation I mean maybe not I think it's actually closer to 3,000 3,000 feet elevation whoosh, going That's straight up crazy so uh we're just like you know I, so I'm in the back and eventually my dad's like hey I'll just keep uh, hanging behind so I can keep an eye on you because he knows I'm hurting a little bit and then he started getting closer to me when he was hearing the, the you know, writhing in pain, uh, Noises. like grunts and oh. like, oh, yeah, you know, because like it was just so painful on my legs, yeah. you know. Like every single step. Yeah. And and here's where it really starts to get spiritual. I'll save a lot of the details about how much pain I was in going up. 
But um, every painful step, I mean, it took me probably like two or three hours, uh, I think, to get up this hill. Oh, my gosh. Um, and, you know, I was just like, I, I don't know if I can make it to the next switchback, like every single time. And, you know, my dad was like, keep going, keep going. Come on, we got to hike all the way out of here. I'm like, I'm not hiking all the way out. We're getting to the top of this ridge. I'm camping. But he was still encouraging me. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, eventually we get to this bridge. I soak my feet in the water that's like going by. And I just say to him, I say, I've got no more steps. And he's looking up about a thousand feet, you know, another mile. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, okay, he's you like, know, you I mean, kind of have to keep going. Yeah. Though. I was like, you've got to keep going. And, uh, so, you know, we just, I get my socks and Crocs back on. I was hiking in Crocs, probably not enough support. Also might have hurt my feet, <laughs> but, uh, Actually, my feet felt great. My legs didn't. So, you know, that was probably a support issue. But, I, you know, I'm hiking up and just in so much pain. He's right there next to me now the whole time. And um, I just get to this point where I'm like, I'm about to sit down and, you know, just wait. And that's it. You know, yeah. like I, I like I, I'll just sit and then and then I'll try to get up the mountain tonight. Like they can find a camp and I'll try to find them. Yeah. You know, and then as I'm like thinking those thoughts uh two of the guys uh uh one of the guys uh james who will be probably on this podcast at some point because he's a therapist he's a really cool guy he was hiking with us um him and his son come running down the hill and i'm literally like ah like grunting and his son's like they're right there and i'm like oh he cut me grunting that's really awkward you know and so i like look at him i literally look at him just like happy like hey you heard me grunting (laughs) and he's like I got you. So he jumps down, puts, he takes my pack off and puts it on and it's just like, I'm plugging in. He puts his earbuds in and just, just heads up the hill, just like so fast. And I've got my hiking poles and just can barely walk without a pack, you know? And I was like, I can't believe I did this with a pack. Well, and And how much did your pack weigh? My, my pack, uh, I think with all the food, it was 30 pounds when I started, probably 31. Yeah. And at this point, it was probably like 28 or 29, which usually is comfortable for me, mm-hmm. by the way. But I started a little too heavy. Yeah. So, you know, that might have hurt me a lot. But, um, you know, it, it was pretty heavy. Um, I think by the time, you know, so so anyway, we, we made it up the hill. Um, I was just so happy for them. I was basically in tears. And then we got to this river. And I just, I just stood up in the river, like up to my lower back and just iced it because it's freezing cold river. Yeah. And I just stood there and was like, this is nice, you know? And then we just laid in this meadow for like an hour and a half. Wow. You know, and they were great. I mean, best group I've been with, I think, because it was just a small group and, uh, they helped me keep my mental health up. You know, we had a therapist and we had seasoned backpackers and then we had a teenager who was like, I love backpacking. This is the first this is time the I've ever done it. Greatest thing. So you know, then then we uh, you know just to wrap up the rest of this, we hike in uh, to camp. Um, you know, they're very helpful for me. Everyone's ha- being really happy and uplifting. Uh, I take my meds, go to bed. Next morning, they take a ton of weight off my backpack, but I'm at 18 pounds, and I'm able to keep a good pace for the rest of the day. Get out, um, but I. I get out and I've got shin splints by that point, you know, oh cause I just gosh. went downhill still yeah. after the pass. Um, but I still had a good pace, you know, 
And it was because, like, literally, these guys were like angels. Yeah. For me. They Physi- were bearing you up. Like physical angels carrying the burden. Yeah. Um, so that's the story. And uh, had to make my exit. Kiana was very happy that I could make my exit, even though she, that I was injured. Yeah. She was like, oh, this is great. You I was know? like, you're coming home <laughs> yeah, she's, tonight? She's like, I don't care if you're in pieces. I'm glad you're coming home. So I, I was just so grateful. And to hear the story afterwards that you had such encouraging men with you, just men of Christ who are there to bear you up, to say, hey, it's okay that you need to go home. Like there was no guilt, there was no shame in not finishing the trip. Yeah, they were all like, "You made, you're making a good call in taking care of your body." Right. Yeah, and and I think they could tell too, like that I knew my body because typically what happens when someone's like, "Hey, do you need me to carry your pack?" You're like, pride comes in, right? Yes. And you're like, "I've got it," you know. But um, since I've hiked, you know, probably five to six I'm, i mean i've hiked definitely five to six hundred miles in my life so i know you know yeah. like if i'm really hurting you know if you're at a breaking point if yeah i like, know when i'm there yep i will let you carry this for me yeah and uh and i don't know it's so symbolic to me because i i looked at them and i was like this is like the journey of life like i literally was praying on my way up like you know i just need to be able to make it yeah like i need to be able to make it out of here um like, please give me the strength mm-hmm. to, you know, to, to walk. Um, and, and they came down and, and took my pack and it was still hard. Yeah. You know, it was, it, it kind of reminds me of the atonement a little bit, not to be it, like in, in a type of mm-hmm. a way, in a shadow of a thing um, where, you know, like Christ, when he was in the garden, he was like, please take this from me. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't taken, but it was. It, he was supported. Yeah, he had angels come. Yeah, and that's how I felt him. in that experience. And it, it caused me to have so much gratitude for Christ in that experience because mm-hmm. I nowhere near as much pain as Christ was ever in. Um, I just I just got to see a glimpse of what that felt like mm-hmm. and how much of a miracle that was, but but how much that could help a man resolve yeah. to, to keep moving forward. You know, it just, it was the mental help that mm-hmm. I needed. Absolutely. To be like, I can move forward mm-hmm. because God answered my prayers. Yeah. Right. So that was, that was a really, and it was a fantastic trip. I still had a great time. Like I was, I didn't want to rush out of there. I was, I wanted to stay and, and just be in the beauty. And then I also wanted at the end to, to get back to my beautiful wife. And, yes. And oh, and let me tell you, seeing him crawl up the stairs <laughs> when he finally got home. I was limping out of the car. I was like. I got to get to Kiana and it took me like so long <laughs> to get up the stairs. It was such a sight to behold, but it was so sweet and tender to have you come back yeah. and be with us. It was humbling. My bride was like, you know, <laughs> uh, well, speaking of when things don't go as planned, mm-hmm. I just kind of want to sandwich maybe our stories with the story of Jonah. Yeah. So I was just thinking about how we were going to share our stories tonight on the podcast yeah. and how even though Jonah was given a mission, I mean, we know the story of Jonah. God says, go to Nineveh, preach to these people. Right. Jonah's like, heck no, I'm not going there. He runs away on a boat, right? (laughs) And he has no idea that there's going to be a raging sea. He's going to get thrown overboard and swallowed by a fish. Yeah. That was not part of the plan, right? It was not, yeah. Sometimes we have such a, a plan for our own life 
that we forget that God's plan will always be like the most important thing. Yeah. And we can never go permanently astray. Like if we have God's hand in our life. So like there's a couple of different, I guess, ways to take it. Right. So there's, he was resisting God's plan for him. Right. Um, gets swallowed by a whale, <laughs> gets put back on track, ends up going to Nineveh and right. preaching to the people and it all works out. Um, but sometimes in our lives, we're not even trying to resist God's plan. We're just stuck in our own plan, right? It's not necessarily, I'm going to defy God. It's, I really want to do this thing with my life. Right. But we also yeah. get obsessed with, am I going to mess up God's plan for my life? And I just want to testify, like, no matter what choice, what choices we make in our life, if we're sticking close to God and the spirit, he will not let us go permanently astray. Right. We will be able to take a couple steps in the wrong direction, but he'll always be there to like redirect. Right. And there's no like thwarting his plan. No. You know? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's because his, his plan isn't, um, you know, well, it's, it's not one of those things where, where like you can say like, if I'm out of it, and he wanted me in there. Yeah. Then like, it's done, you know? Yeah, like I ruined it or whatever. Because his his plan is all about you making the decision to join. Yes. So you can do that at any point. Totally. Why why uh, why wait? But but you can do that at any point. So his plan can't be thwarted. It's, yeah. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's foolproof. Um, so once upon a time, I was a student at BYU-Idaho. This was 2020. Oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah. That it was that year. <laughs> When everything went to shambles. Anyways, I had a bunch of friends that were about to get home from their missions the following year. And everyone was going to be in Provo. And there I was in Idaho thinking, oh, I'm going to be so lonely up here. Maybe I should think about BYU Provo. And I prayed about it and I got a green light. I applied um, I took this leap of faith. I moved to Utah. The day I got to Utah, I got my acceptance letter. And in my head, I'm like, oh my goodness, God is giving me all the green lights. Yeah. I'm supposed to be here right now. I'm going to go to BYU Provo. I'm going to be with all my friends when they get back from their missions at the beginning of next year. And in my head, I, I was like, on God's like not on his errand, but on his path for me. Right. I was like, I finally like figured it out. I cracked the code, you know, you know how we get like that sometimes. Oh yeah. It's like, I finally, I figured it out. I found the path. Yeah. And so I, I had an, like an off semester. I was going to start BYU Provo in winter of 2021. So here I was in fall in Utah, I was living with my cousins. I was working at a frozen yogurt shop trying to save up money and like find a place to like room in Provo with all the other college students. And as great as that experience was, each day I was there, I got this like sinking feeling that something was not right. And it maybe it wasn't even that it wasn't right. It was that, wait, I don't really like like Utah Valley very much. Like, I don't think I want to live here. (laughs) And then hanging out with other people who went to BYU Provo, 
I was like, yeah, like you're great and all, but like I don't see us really being best friends. Like I don't see myself fitting right. in Right, it was kind of like starting to like not be the right fit. Yes. And so I started kind of freaking out because I was like, I just moved my life down here. I've told everyone that I'm transferring to Provo because I got in and that was like, you know, a big accomplishment. Everyone's like, yeah, we knew you could do it. Like go Cougars. Right. And I, I was so scared of what it would look like to turn back to BYU, Idaho. Yeah. And that's a real thing. Like that's a, that's a real like social struggle. Yeah. Yeah. And the more I pondered on it, the more I was like, Rexburg is just home. And that's where I need to be. Yeah. And I I got on Facebook <laughs> and started looking for people who were selling their contracts. I miraculously found this girl who was getting married and couldn't get out of her contract. So she paid for the whole contract. So I got to live in her spot for free. Wow. For like half of a semester. It was like such a miracle. So I... I was back in Idaho living out the last couple months of 2020 and then January 2021 hits and I meet Michael. Yeah. That's just so cool. Isn't that so crazy? It's really funny because when that fall semester, like, cause I was in Provo for most of 2020 Yeah, and I moved at the beginning of fall thinking, uh, like Provo is great and all, but, uh, I just have this feeling like I'm going to be my wife and in uh, <laughs> Idaho, you know? So, you know, I got in the right uh, roommate situation. Yes. And actually that needed to happen because I kept that same roommate situation, same roommates that introduced me to Kiana. So, you know. Yeah. And it's for crazy. me, I had, I was in a specific apartment complex in a specific contract that I could switch to be roommates with the girls that I was rooming with when I met Michael so that we could be introduced. Like, right. So it was like, it was like all these contracts had to happen. All of these pieces had to fall into place. But the moral of the story is sometimes we have a will of our own. <laughs> yeah. Most, a lot of our life, we have a will of our own. And if we're so like obsessed of messing up God's plan, like it's just not possible. It's not. Well, he can he I say, will be there can to I say, put us back on track. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can I say something too? Uh, what what you said about um, like getting the green lights too? Yeah, is um, that can happen a lot? And and I love what you said about like I finally figured it out. Yeah. You know? um, that when you get a like sometimes this happens like you get a lot of green lights and like really think about this as like a roadway mm-hmm. where it's like green light, green light, green light. You're like this is the path, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, stoplight. You're like, wait a second, what? Yeah. You know, you or or uh, detour, mm-hmm. and it's like, wait a second. Like I was supposed to go there or you're going down the path and you start looking at your, you're like on a road trip and you're like looking at your surroundings. You're like, this is not kind of what I expected yes, to be surrounded exactly. by, um, whether it's good or whether it's mm-hmm. not. Um, and, and sometimes things cause you to turn around and you're like, well, why should I have been getting all these green lights? Yeah. Everything's been going smooth up to this point. Mm-hmm. Now there's detours and things, you know, so, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of how it works with, with God is, is, um, he can give us green lights and send us in a path. Um, but sometimes the destination isn't where we expect it. Or sometimes Mm -hmm. the journey is, is a different way to get to the destination. Mm -hmm. 
And the journey is always the thing that we actually need the most, right? Yeah. Because that's where we learn and gather information and gather tools that are going to equip us for the next journey. Right. Right. And like, yeah, when you get to a destination, eventually you have to get back on the road again. Mm -hmm. You know, you just always have to keep asking uh, God what the next path is. And Mm -hmm. and you take steps forward, hoping that he will give you another green light, another green light, or he'll give you a red light. You hope for that, too. You should because you want him happy is the man that uh, the Lord uh, correcteth. I think that's in I think that's in uh, Job actually. That I just found this week. Uh, v- paraphrased it. I said correcteth. I don't think that's how it's probably said. not correcteth. <laughs> well, I think like also with this concept, it's so important to remember to take those steps in faith. Yeah. Even when you don't necessarily have a direction. Yeah. As long as you are moving forward somewhere then God can utilize your momentum. Yeah. But if you are standing still and you refuse to move, yeah. God can't do much with that. <laughs> yeah. Man, these are so many good things. And we we should probably get wrapped up here. Just like you were saying, and you know, like we we've told two stories here of how we had paths to go on mm-hmm. and how we had to turn around. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's just it, it's amazing the mental strain that that can put on you. Totally. But at different points, and just like you said. Like I thought, I want to stop. Mm-hmm. I want to stop right here. And that is that is the thing that you cannot do. You mm-hmm. know, I would have died out in the woods. Uh, <laughs> Got eaten by a bear. Yeah, but, but even spiritually speaking, it's like we don't want to sit in a place of complacency. We want to mm-hmm. be moving. Progression, eternal yeah. progression. Yeah, we want to we wanna progress. And I'm saying that not in the sense of like you should do that, but I'm saying you actually, your spirit wants to progress. Yes. Thank you guys so much for participating with us today. We really appreciate uh, you being here for story time. And uh, if you will, please follow us on Instagram or subscribe to our YouTube or subscribe or follow wherever you listen to your podcast. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.